Happy New Year. This week's guest is a pioneer. She's the perfect type of woman to kick off 2024. She's a trailblazer when it comes to holistic healthcare. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. Her mantra? To help sick people become well and to help healthy people stay healthy. Her name is Dr. Ann Doggett, and this is her story. Dr. Ann, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Okay, so you established this holistic healthcare practice back in 1989. Take us back to those early days, and what did you offer to your patients at that time? In 1989, I had just graduated from chiropractic college. So my primary treatment at that time was chiropractic, although in chiropractic, we always say physical, chemical, emotional stress can lead to disruptions in the spinal alignment. So we always spoke about nutrition and stress and stress management. What's the mission of Whole Body Solutions? The mission is to provide information and motivate people to take action in their life so they can be their best version of themselves. And does it mean that you need to be a little bit more alert about what's going on in your body? Because I think we walk through our lives all day long and we just don't think about this body until there's something wrong with it. It's not uncommon for people to get more motivated when they can't do what they enjoy doing. When there's a symptom, you know, it is the body's communication method with us. And if we listen to it, it's a terrific communication method. And if we ignore it, those symptoms can get stronger. Do you feel like a pioneer, a trailblazer? Because back in 1989, I'm sure there were people who said, what the heck is she doing? But now it's much more widely accepted, not just chiropractic, but holistic healthcare. People were not as aware of our therapies or natural approaches to health and well-being or how their choices might affect their health outcome. So yes, there's been a growing awareness, I would say. We were some of the first to be speaking of about that. Describe holistic health care to me. Is it another way of looking at illness from the inside out? We like to think of it as a comprehensive approach. So we say health is a mosaic. So it's really a reflection of your genetics coupled with your stress factors. And that could be physical stress. You know, I just started a new activity. I work on a job where I have some postural, repetitive movements, stress, physical. I, I had an accident. I had a slip. I had a fall. Stress could be emotional. And when we talk about holistic approach, we really do want to assess the entire individual. So there are times in life, you know, maybe you just had a baby or you're changing jobs or your relationship status is changing or you had a loss. These types of emotional experiences can affect our energy. And it's not the emotions that are good or bad, they're energy. And the way that we have learned primarily to manage these emotional energies can affect our health as well. So when we talk about the whole person, your physical, your chemical, your emotional, on the chemical front, it's what are you choosing to put in your body? Are you choosing protein and vegetables, which will give you the energy you need to get accomplished what you want to in your day? Or are you not aware that having a bagel to start the day or pasta at lunch might leave you feeling low energy? So we like to look at the entire picture. So your genetics is only a piece of that. We'll all have tendencies. If I'm out of balance in my life, I might get a migraine headache. Somebody else may get a lower back pain or a neck symptom or 
uh, digestive symptoms. So we all have different ways in which we manifest out of balance. 34 years have come and gone since mm-hmm. you first got started. And you've really built a robust practice. So tell us what services you provide to your patients these days. It's a long list. I know that. (laughs) So we started with chiropractic, and then I found that there were a number of our patients that I would do the chiropractic alignment, and they would have some relief, but maybe their issues would come back or they wouldn't resolve as completely as I had hoped. That's when I really started to look into nutrition. So I went back and I got a master's degree in nutrition, and we provided traditional nutrition advice. So if you had headaches, we might look at magnesium levels. And if you had low energy, we might look at your iron level. And I found that that was helpful as well, but not the entire picture. So I got the master's in nutrition, and then I got certified in herbal medicine when I understood the healing power of plants in their natural form and being the original pharmacy. So we provide Herbal Council as well. We have some unique tools there because we have an apothecary where we import our liquids from Australia and New Zealand because they're pharmaceutical grade and they're regulated more stringently by the governments there. And it allows me to customize formulation. So if you need more than one herb, which is not uncommon, we can combine things into one formula for you with multiple therapeutic benefits. So we have herbal medicine. I had an acupuncturist approach me about joining the practice over 15 years ago, and we started to see the synergy of the acupuncture with chiropractic and nutrition. So we provide acupuncture as well. We have a terrific gentleman right now who has over 35 years' experience. And so those are some of our primary tools. We have a unique system called brain integration, which evaluates the neural networks Originally, that was developed to address learning disabilities, so dyslexia and ADD, ADHD, but also post-trauma, stress on the brain, post-concussions, and it's a hands-on, drug-free approach to balancing brain chemistry. We've recently emerged into natural aesthetics. So as we age on the inside, if we're doing everything we can with our food choices and our lifestyle choices and our sleep and our relationships and all those things that matter, (laughs) we still want to tighten and lift the skin at times or there might be something innately bothers you about yourself that you might want to change if it's safe and easy to do so. So we brought in some tools that will help wake up the cells that make collagen. You know, those can go to sleep as we age. So we use microneedles and a little bit of heat, radio frequency, and that just wakes up the cells. And we use some plant-based serums in that process as well to improve collagen production, elastin, hyaluronic acid. We have two nurses on staff now. A nurse practitioner helps us with our injections for the joints in regenerative medicine. We're using Wharton's jelly, which is the lining of the umbilical cord to source materials that have things like growth factors and cytosomes and things that can bring inflammation down, and stimulate the healing process. We also have some help for urinary incontinence and muscle sculpting using magnetic therapy. So it's quite a bit we're doing. You mentioned the word inflammation, and that happens to be in my next question. How does inflammation affect our health? Inflammation, in my opinion, is at the root of most illness, especially aging the term that we coin in natural medicine called inflammaging. So the more inflammation you have, the quicker you're going to age and the lower the quality of life. And the next question I would imagine is, well, what increases our inflammation? When I look at diet, this is a very, very big 
part of the inflammatory cycle. And part of what we see is that we've genetically modified certain foods and especially wheat. So if I consume a genetically modified wheat product, my insulin, which is made by the pancreas in response to sugar in the blood, helps the sugars leave the blood and enter the cells, which is necessary. So we need insulin. But the American diet in especially genetically modified wheat will increase the insulin production from the pancreas, and that will drive inflammation. So among other things, white flour, white sugar, processed foods, and wheat. And that's interesting because some of our clients come and they think they're doing the right healthy thing by choosing wheat bread, but it's genetically modified, and it will raise your insulin as high as table sugar in certain cases. Well, you've mentioned sugar a couple of times, Mm. and I think we've all come to understand that sugar is really bad for us. Talk about that. Well, we know that our white blood cells will function 60% less efficiently if we consume sugar on an empty stomach. So, you know, have your good food. I think we also have genetic tendencies around sugar consumption. So ideally, I'd like to say, you know, have your main food, and if you need a little bit of sugar— for the joy of it on occasion. But for some people, even a small amount will feed the yeast overgrowth and the gut, and that will create some imbalances that will drive future cravings. And if you're tired, for instance, and you get a little bit of an uptick in your cortisol with a certain food like sugar, it'll give you a temporary lift in your energy. And it can create these negative patterns where then your energy dips and then you're going to want to consume again. So yes, sugar is the root of Many health issues, for sure. Talk to us about brain integration treatments for learning disabilities. I find this fascinating. So we have Nancy Lodi, who is our most veteran practitioner in the practice, and many other gifted practitioners as well. But Nancy teaches, and she was one of the pioneers in brain integration in this part of the country and many other parts of the country, actually. She teaches in Colorado quite often. So she learned from Susan McCrossan, who developed this strategy called Crossonology, which looks at the wiring of the brain. And again, what upsets the wiring of the brain? Same thing that upsets the spinal alignment, physical, chemical, and emotional stress. You know, we may hear of this syndrome called PANDAS, where children have behavioral challenges after exposure to strep or strep infection. So that chemical influence on the brain can manifest in altered function. Same thing if you bang your head on the cabinet or car door or a sports injury or some type of trauma to the brain. These things can upset the wiring. So brain integration has tools for assessing, is the wiring intact? Is the right side of the brain speaking efficiently to the left? Is the front speaking to the back? And The assessments are somewhat traditional. We might check your reading comprehension. We may check reverse number span recollection and these types of things that are classically used to assess function. But there's other strategies where we use kinesiology and different tools for assessing areas of less than optimal function. Let's talk a little bit about traumatic brain injury. I ask this because my daughter was in a very serious car accident when she was 20 years old, and she experienced a TBI, and she still, to this day, struggles with certain things. What happens when you experience a TBI, some sort of an injury like that, to your brain? So you think about cells being injured and then they die, right? So cellular death is something that can create imbalances around function. 
also inflammation that gets triggered that doesn't get under control. And so when I think about traumatic brain injury and when we see people in our office, which we do quite regularly, our initial strategies are, what can we do to bring the inflammation down? And we have some very specific tools called protomorphogens. And they are like a microRNA that's specific to a tissue. Mm. So we have one called neurotrophin PMG, and that would be for the nerve tissue or the brain. We have similar ones for liver or kidney, but they're microRNA. And what happens is they bring the inflammation down in the specified tissue. And then we look at other things like herbs that might cross the blood-brain barrier to decrease inflammation. And that's a key part of our strategy. And with that, some of that homeopathics can be really useful for traumatic brain injury, homeopathics that address that neuroinflammation. We like to encourage the cleanup of the dead cells. So autophagy, we want the body to take those dead cells and clean them up. In our practice, we use very low-dose lithium salt for autophagy and for many different strategies for brain and brain health. And it's not the lithium that people are familiar with and often afraid of that was used to treat bipolar disorder and other mental health challenges. This is a low-dose salt that used to be present in our drinking water that isn't anymore, that when we see clients in our office, I'd probably say 85% could use a little bit of the salt. But it's particularly important if you've had a traumatic brain injury. So we work on those healing the inflamed tissue, interrupting the inflammatory process, and then we send it to the brain integration therapist who would really look at the effect of the wiring mm. from the trauma. And more recently, when we started doing work with regenerative medicine, we can use these small compounds called exosomes. They don't have any cells in them, but they have growth factors, and they have some RNA that can shut down inflammation. And we can administer those via IV. And we've done that on occasion with some long COVID cases that have had memory issues and slow retrieval of words and headaches and head pressure and those types of brain symptoms. So we have a new tool now for traumatic brain injury. And then there is the huge toll PTSD takes on a person's life. We know that our military have suffered greatly for many generations due to an unwillingness to understand the damage of war. How do you help someone with PTSD? My most gratifying PTSD case was a woman that we saw who was at the finish line for the Boston Marathon. She was a woman who had her own business, supported herself, and she was quite traumatized by the events of the marathon. You're talking about the bombings in 2013? Yes. With PTSD, we always look clinically at the adrenal gland, so the output of cortisol from the stress gland. How do we tonify those? How do we restore those? And that's always part of our strategy. We worked with acupuncture for this particular case and brain integration, so the synergy of the treatments was quite remarkable, actually. She referenced us in a book that she wrote in her recovery. She's wow. back, and she's motivating people with speech and writing and all, all this. Uh -huh. So she recovered quite well. We don't take the event away, but we can change the way that brain reacts to the event. As an aside, my son took on a project in, in high school where he interviewed a psychiatrist on how do we help people with PTSD. It was part of a curious topic for him. And he learned that if the person has a job, it's actually a helpful thing. As with anything in life, if you can connect to a purpose, that's really useful. You know, you talk about living a life of purpose. How does it feel to do this work 
and see some of these results with your patients? I think for me, when I see a family or a family member of somebody that came to me 25 years ago, and they get excited when they see me and they say, you know, you helped me with this or you helped my child with that. That's what gets me out of bed. Well, I'd love to talk about the launching pad, which is your childhood and where you come from and what life was like in your house. Can you give us some details? Where are you from? I'm from the Boston area, originally from Dorchester, actually. (laughs) Oh, from Dorchester. (laughs) I'm the youngest of eight children, and I had six older brothers growing up. Oh, boy. Yeah. My father was a Boston police officer, and he asked me when I was four years old what I wanted for my birthday. He tells me that I said, I want you to quit smoking. So when I think about, for whatever reason, at an early age, I really wanted to help people. And did he do it? He did. Yeah, he did. When you were growing up then, who was your role model? I think I had several. I'd have to say my mother was a very strong woman and probably my primary role model. I had an older brother who is still my role model. He functioned very much as the person who cared for me, looked out for my best interest, Actually, probably more than one older brother. They were members of my church community that I respected as well. I had a choir teacher that I'll remember his kindness and his passion for reaching the soul of a person. His method was through music, but he was very influential in my connecting with people. You know, what I've learned through interviewing nearly a thousand women through the course of my career is that when we go through hard times, if we have a musical talent, in your case, I'm guessing it was your singing, and that was true for me too, it's such a way to express ourselves through difficult times. You're shaking your head. That worked for you. So I wouldn't say I have any musical talent, but I did sing in the choir, and I do see in my life and around me, you know, my brothers played the guitar, and I see music as healing. My daughter teaches Soul Cycle, and I remember when she went for her first sort of uh, interview, she said, I, I want to help people through music and movement. And that particular activity of moving through, touching emotions, and moving the body as you process has been really key for me. And there's actually books written about it. There was a psychiatrist who talked about why people have post-traumatic stress syndrome and animals do not. And part of that is the ability to process in a physical way the trauma or stress, and music can facilitate that. We all need somebody who believes in us, somebody who sees our talents early on and says, you know, you're really good at that. Who has that person been for you in your life? I always go to my mother as someone who was strongly influential, but we also had a therapist come into our home when I was young. We had one of my brothers was acting out at school. And when the school did the assessment, they said, we think there might be some trouble in the home. So they sent a, um, a therapist to the home. And she was a very powerful mentor and influencer for me in my life. And she really nudged me along. Let's go back to 1989 when you established Whole Body Solutions. And then fast forward to now, what has been the biggest change in terms of acceptance of holistic health care into the mainstream? Somehow people started to become aware that there were other things they could do than a traditional method to recover their health. You mentioned your children. How did motherhood change you, Dr. Ann? 
Um, I got more efficient in my life, for sure. (laughs) I always say my kids are my biggest blessings. They reflect back to me often. They change you in that they help you to reflect upon who you are and what you do, not always consciously. They've helped me to be organized and more efficient and I'd say more compassionate for many of the patients that I have who might be parents, for sure. Next three questions we ask everybody who sits where you are, and thank you again for coming to our studios today. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? When your brain immediately thinks, what is the lesson in this for me? What could I be doing differently? What are the other possible outcomes? And if we train ourselves, and I work on that to this moment, stopping to say, is there a lesson? Is there a potential outcome that could be in some way better for me or for the people in my life or for the people that I care about or for the greater good? What's the best piece of advice you've ever received, and can you pass that along to our listeners today? I think the best piece of advice is this too shall pass. (laughs) (laughs) And that was given to me by my mother. When things are going that we don't have control over or they might be going in a way that not our choice to think that this will pass. Most things will ultimately pass, like the weather in New England. I believe that our lives come in chapters. And if I had asked you this question 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or maybe 1989, when you first started your practice, you may have had a different answer. But right now in this chapter of your life, what does success mean to you? Having people be grateful for how different their life is from something that we've done. I want to say thank you so much for being our guest this week on the story behind her success. Thank you, Dr. Ann. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for doing this great work. And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Dr. Ann Doggett. She's the founder of Whole Body Solutions in Braintree. Find out more about her practice at wholebodysolutions.com. Follow her practice on Instagram and on Facebook at Whole Body Solutions. And thank you so much for listening. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know someone I should feature on the show, will you please reach out and nominate her today? Just go to my website, that's candyoterry.com, and the candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.